Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 160. Presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what's up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And uh, we're fortunate enough. First of all, I want to hear uh, your Savannah Bananas experience the other night. I'm curious. How was this? You know, I think probably the best way to describe it. First of all, it was a great time at the park. Obviously, a bunch of kids there had fun. There was a lot of Fortnite dances, a lot of stuff that I didn't get the references, which means I feel really old. But... Kids had a good time. Uh, the way I would describe it, it's like, you know, the, um, you know, the Mr. Krabs meme where he's like looking around and like, everything's strolling behind him. That's kind of how I felt. It's like just a lot. It's a lot going on. They introduced them. You got like fog machines flying off. You got people doing the Fortnite dances with like a big speaker box. You got like a guy doing a backflip. You got a guy on stilts. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. It's kind of like um, <clears throat> not to break everything down into memes, but also it's like uh, when Donald Glover walks in with the pizza. That's how it is like walking into a bananas game, but uh, entertaining, whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, I could see the appeal as to why it's like sold out everywhere they go. Um, it's good. It's, it's, you know, a perfect August assignment when you got really, you know, you got something to do. You see the banana shelf in Brockton, went there, got some Cape Cod cafe pizza afterwards. Ooh, it's a good day. that's very good. That seems like it all worked out. It's I've never been it's I didn't realize they did kind of their tour, but it seems like kind of the perfect thing to take the kids to um, on a on a you know a weeknight or something. Uh, what Doug Flutie was there. Johnny Damon was there. Uh, everybody. It's just a lot of things at once. I feel for the people who plan that all out. It's got to just yeah. be like just a lot of documenting. I mean, it's like they, they also in. have like a they have like a two hour time limit. So like after two hours, like they, they get like the end, that's the last inning after that. So like, they don't oh, like wow. they, they, their big things pace of play, but it's like, man, that itinerary for those two hours was like just extensive, right? They had every single thing going on, every single like stoppage. And there's no moment where I think you could be like, all right, look at your phone or anything like that. There was nothing. I'm going like to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just non-action. nonstop, nonstop action. Uh, but it seemed interesting uh, at, at the very least. Uh, but some Bruins news has broken. I know it's August, but there was still some Bruins news uh, that broke earlier this week. Uh, the Bruins signed John Farinacci out of Harvard. He was a third round pick uh, from Arizona in 2019. Couldn't come to an agreement. That means he became a free agent. It's funny from talking to a lot of college coaches, a lot of them kind of agree that uh, it's almost better if you're a college player to not get drafted unless you're, you know, a first round pick or a second right. round pick. Um, but sometimes it's better to not be drafted because then you kind of get to pick where you go later on. Obviously he did get drafted. Things just didn't really you know work out in Arizona. Uh, he had a few teams on him, uh, but the Bruins, obviously he's a Dexter Southfield kid, Harvard kid, 
course he's going to pick the Bruins. Um, but it seems like this is more of a fit than just kind of taking a flyer on just any college free agent. Yeah, no, I mean, you look at his profile and he's probably regarded as probably the most sought after among like the college free agents. You got guys like, you know, Jay O'Brien and, and Jake Wise and a few other players that um, have some feel, but probably in terms of uh, a, a game that should uh, do well at the pros, you know, known as a, you know, sturdy two-way centerman uh, has potential there. Um, it makes plenty of sense for the Bruins to target a guy like that, especially when you look at just their lack of depth. I mean, you sign him, he's probably already regarded as one of your top two or three probably center prospects in the system, right? Along with like Poitra and a few of those other guys. Um, and again, I think it's important to like put on the brakes. Like as soon as he signs, people are like, is he going to be on the, on the NHL roster? I'm like, let's give him know, the he's 20, he, Yeah. He's 22. Um, you know, he's, you know, an advanced player. So, you know, he should be able to hopefully make a relatively smooth transition to the AHL. Again, every player's timelines differently, but if you're the Bruins and you're just looking to stock up, uh, on your your pipeline of talent down the middle, targeting a guy like Farinacci makes plenty of sense. And who knows? Maybe he pops in camp. Maybe he has a really good few months of uh, AHL action, and then you know carves out a, a bigger roll up in the team. You know, again, it remains to be seen where exactly these guys kind of fall in. Uh, but if you're the Bruins, and you know you don't have a lot of draft capital, you don't really have uh, the means to really restock your uh, your center prospect kind of pool um, organically through the draft going this route, which they've done time and time again with, you know, college free agents, uh, guys whose draft rights um, expire. It's a smart move, right? If you're going to invest or, or try to outbid or outmove other teams uh, to get these young players on the market, targeting a guy like Ferrancini uh, with his skill set, his position does make plenty of sense. Yeah, to me, this makes a lot of sense, just given his style of play, the two-way, I know he had 61 points uh, in 79 games at Harvard. And again, I mean, it's sort of, you know, a it also gives sort of the, I know there's not a lot of organizational depth at center, but you have a lot of guys, it feels like in the system, like a McLaughlin, like a Beecher, um, who could maybe use some competition. You know, I know they're sort of competing against each other, but like add Farinacci to the mix and suddenly you have some more internal competition, which is something that they sort of boast a lot about and they like to sort of, uh, they like to have happen. Still though, I think it's an indictment on, you know, the organizational depth in general that you know you can sign this guy right out of college and he's already your number one or two center prospect that's ready to make a jump but again I think there's value here I don't think this is a just an any college signing you know as I said it's not taking a flyer um and I know he mentioned yesterday Patrice Bergeron was sort of his his guy uh that he watched a lot of which is a good sign I think a lot of kids though from this uh from this from that generation watched Patrice Bergeron a lot uh as as the center how could you not I mean I feel like that's like you know that's right at the top of terms of like having a a script to stick to uh signing with the Bruins two-way centerman it's right there you know who was the who was the the guy from Pittsburgh that was doing the you know Bergeron wouldn't even be uh a, a um, oh yeah, on the four lines for the. You would know. I thought you would know, Evan. You're you're Pittsburgh's arch nemesis. So it is it. It's Mark Madden, right? That's the yes. name, Mark Madden. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mark Madden would see like he's. I imagine Mark Madden asking prospects, being like, "Did you watch Sidney Crosby growing up or Patrice Bergeron?" If they say Bergeron, just like, Bang! just like you know, like well, knocks like, him out cold. That's like the uh, what do they used to always do for like the Stanley Cup final? I think it was like 
it was maybe it was hockey night in Canada. It was one of those programs up there, but they would have the thing where it'd be like every player on the roster to have like their own like player card, like video and be like, hi, I'm Patrice Bergeron. I'm from such and such. And my favorite player growing up was X, Y, Z. And like forever, like when you got to like 20, like 10, uh, around that time, it's like, all right, Joe Sackick, Joe Sackick, Steve Eiserman, Steve Eiserman, Steve Eiserman, Steve Eiserman, Joe Sackick. I'm sure like now it's probably like, again, you would think it would be Bergeron, but I know it's definitely going to be like, Crosby, 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 Crosby. Like if they if they did, if they still did that now, it'd be interesting to see what all the different kind of names were. But Bergeron, I feel like though, is a smart choice for a guy like Carancini in terms of one where he signed and what his kind of profile is if he you know succeeds at the next level. It is interesting. A lot of the kids I talk to at the prep level or you know who are getting recruited will be like, yeah, like I love Kale McCarr, and I'm like. I, you know, I grew up watching you know victor hedman and i'm like whoa like yeah. what do you that's your like really like i just it makes me feel old soon enough the kids are gonna be like i grew up loving mcdavid mcdavid and i'm like you were born at what were you born like <laughs> what the hell like how did that yeah. happen um but it makes us feel very old because you know when we were younger and you'd see sackick or eiserman you'd just be like oh those are older players you know whatever but now it's like yeah. we're at that age where it's like oh my god you know crosby and, and bergeron a lot of kids in this area though were bergeron i remember i think it was, it was either will smith or ryan leonard i was talking to and they were like yep yeah, bergeron's the guy so um i think that that adds up but yeah fair enough just interesting signing did i see somewhere he's the nephew of ted donato he is his nephew cousin of ryan so again got those got those ties you know i think he, he's from new jersey but it's got uh ton of connections already to the Bruins, which they love. They love those connections, the Bruins, in terms of targeting these guys. So uh, made plenty of sense in that regard as well. They do. They do. They do love that. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, again, wouldn't shock me if that's a guy who has a very solid season in Providence. And as you said, is up in uh, in February, March, getting a look somewhere in the middle six. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's not going to get a game breaker, but maybe maybe he turns into something. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, speaking of people who could get looks in the top six, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Charlie Coyle as a as a number potential number one center, Pavel Zaka as a one or two center. Um, but other than those two, because again, I you know those are the two logical choices. But someone could emerge from camp; uh, they could think outside the box. I know you sort of thought outside the box uh, in your roster projection, putting Trent Frederick up on that top line with Marshan and Coyle. Um, is there anyone else, including Frederick? who you could see kind of moving into that top six that we're not really discussing. Yeah. I think one guy that is, I think probably the most intriguing player that they've, they've added this offseason is, is Morgan geeky. I think he's a guy that uh, probably doesn't project a guy who what only has hit what's his career. High? I think like 29, 30 points in a season, but I think you look at his skill set, And again, we've talked about it countless times with him in terms of, his production, even though he only played, I think, like 68 games last year, averaged under 11 minutes of ice time per game, which is below guys like Felino and Frederick. Like, that's really not a lot of reps. To put up that many points, maybe the Bruins think there's room to grow there. And he's – we've also kind of talked about this before. Like, Charlie Coyle may not be a, a top six center, but you put him an entire year with guys like Marchand or, you know, DeBrusque or if he was with Pasternak or something – you know, that elevates their play. So if, you know, Coyle doesn't mesh on that top line, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a situation where a guy like Geeky gets a look next to Marshand and, you know, insert player there, right? DeBrusque, what have you. I, I think, uh, you know, our, our buddy Ty Anderson kind of mentioned this before of like, if, if Riley Nash can uh, slot in for Bergeron and have him be on a line with uh, Marshand and Pasternak and that line look great, 
like Morgan Geeky could be that same kind of player. You know, is he going to be a guy that you put him in the top six and he's going to be a 65, 70 point revelation? No, but if he's driving play, uh, being responsible down both ends of the ice and gives you 45 ish points for what you're looking for in that role of just a guy that can slot in there, you'll take it. So, I mean, yes, he's please. a guy that, yeah, he's a guy that I think is due to take a step forward regardless of where you put him. I think he's, if he's not, uh, getting that kind of unexpected promotion up to the top six, he could be a guy that, um, you know, could slot in on that third line centerman role. And then you've got him with guys like Ben Reamsdyke or Lauko or, or maybe a younger player like Lysela Merkulov if they really uh, pop during training camp. So he's a guy that I think wherever you put him in the lineup um, is due to, you know, take another big step forward. I think he's a guy who's going to be a, a pretty solid player for them this year, kind of whatever role they have for him. Feels like Geeky is an early favorite for uh sixth man. Um or not sixth man, seventh player. <laughs> it's gonna it's I feel like I know who it's gonna be. Who are you thinking? It's gonna be Lucci. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be Lucci. <laughs> you really think so? Yes, yes. Maybe. I will uh, on this day, we are recording August 18th. I will put down, I'll give you uh what would you like, Evan? I will give you Oh, uh, I like Pava. Damn it. I was going to say a free trip to Sully's. On oh, me, okay. But... Okay, I'm with, okay. I'm for that. I'm completely for okay. that. So you'll say Lucic. And uh, what do you like? You're a Dunks guy. So I'll give no. you a, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a, a, a gift card to Dunks. And I'm going to say Geeky. I say Morgan Geeky is the seventh player. I feel like I'm going to lose this one, but uh, that's okay. So I, I feel like, I feel like. I asked you, you had a clean slate of requesting anything. And the one thing you asked for was a Kava gift card. <laughs> well, I know because that's something we always joke about. Yes. Think, oh, maybe yes. think that an inside joke, yes. you know? Uh, Kava still would be near the top of my list. I love Kava. Um, but uh, yeah, I get Sully's I'm all for. I, no problems there. Um, get a hell of a lobster roll or a, a chili dog or whatever they got over there. Um yeah, Kava, that's an interesting <laughs> pick as for as me. As I was like, wow, I, I, I gave him way too much leeway to like request anything. And I was like, oh, Kava. <laughs> Thank God. I want a free trip to uh, to, yes. to California. I want, you know, send me to Australia. It was like when, it was like when Chara got his, I think it was his thousandth game. And they gave him like the thing. One of the gifts was like a ticket to anywhere. It's like, <laughs> what, you want to go to the fucking moon? Like, where, like what is the parameter there? They, they put him in Elon Musk's thing that they took to the moon, yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, I yeah. want to be in that. Right, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, that was a crazy gift they gave him. Because like, you can really go crazy with that. You know, you can go anywhere. Like, There's got to be some yeah. little terms and conditions there. There's got to be like a little mileage counter on it or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, around the world trip to everywhere. Um, yes. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, Chara could could really done it. What did you know? What he ended up doing with that? Who knows? Like he probably is running. He probably ran a marathon somewhere or something like that. <laughs> like the guy, like I always find something to do. So give him yeah. props for that. Yeah, cr- credit uh, credit to there. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. 
Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus of $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, Geeky's a strong one. We've talked about Frederick a little bit, potentially being up um, in the top six. To me, it feels like the re- Debrusque is a lock for the top six. Marshan's a lock for the top six. Postrock's a lock for the top six. Zaka's a lock for the top six. Coyle's teetering, but I, I, let's say I'll give him that, right? On the wings, on the wing, it feels like the real question is, do you put Frederick in there and try it? Or do you go with sort of the old reliable veteran in James Van Riemsdyk? And I think both have, there's there's solid arguments for both because Frederick, you put him in there, you want to see what he's got, right? Give him a 15 game sample size or something. That's really you trying something out. Van Riemsdyk's sort of the safer bet. It is, you know, if you put, because it changes things, right? If you if you put Frederick in the top six, you're putting him next to Coyle. Um, if you put James Van Riemsdyk in the top six, you're most likely keeping DeBrusque and Marchand putting them with Coyle and then James Van Riemsdyk and Pasternak with Zaka down the middle. Um, Van Riemsdyk might be a little more reliable, um, <laughs> but I am curious to see what you have in Frederick, right? Like to yeah. me in most seasons, I would say you want the reliable piece. You want James Van Riemsdyk in there getting you 20, 22, 23 goals, you know, 50 something points, whatever, you know, reliable guy. But I, this season, I'm really, I, you want to try things. I think you really yeah. want to try things. And that's why I'm sort of in favor of give Frederick a shot. Try it. I know you and I have never been super high on him, right? Like, but mm-hmm. he's what you have. It's what you got. And he, he's been yeah. good next to Coyle in the past, especially last year. Give it a shot. Yeah. It, I, what I, do you have to lose? Yeah. I mean, I posted that lineup thing and everyone's like, if Frederick's in the top line, like we might as well not even watch this season. Which like, all right, they'd be downers. But Fair. um <laughs> but no, I think for Frederick, it's not even like the you know, throwing him into the fire and shot. you put him with Marshan and Coyle, like you've got room to grow there. But I think for Frederick it's all about one, how well he complements Coyle, which you need to get if you want to put Coyle and, and pencil into that top line spot, you need to get him going and playing at a high level. Then also, it's kind of that domino effect, right? Like, if you look at just Coyle and Frederick, you know, whatever the case would be in terms of how they complement each other, it works. Like, uh, I had, like, the numbers up now. Last year, 649 minutes of 5-on-5 five five ice time together, Coyle and Frederick. Bruins outscored teams 35-18, to 154-116 to 116 edge, and high-danger scoring chances. Really good for a third line that also, don't forget, was getting a whole lot of D zone starts. Like not like they were kind of the shutdown line essentially as they were trying to give more uh easier reps to Coyle and uh or not Coyle, Bergeron and Krejci. 
So you've got that situation. And then uh, Coyle without Frederick last year, 420 minutes. Bruins only outscored teams 16 to 14, and opponents had a 94 to 75 edge in high danger scoring chances. I don't know what it is, but Coyle and Frederick together, it just works. So that's one thing there if you want to get Coyle going. Then again, you look at the, the domino effect of it. If that line can be a pain in the ass to play against, Marshan, Coyle, Frederick, puck possession, your kind of de facto shutdown line in that regard. The domino effect now of having DeBrusque back at his natural position at left wing with Zaka and Pasternak, that's going to be a fast-paced line. You've got arguably the, the best, you know, probably the, the fastest skater on the team probably in DeBrusque there. That can only help in terms of, one, getting him finally past that 30-goal threshold and also getting the most out of, you know, two other players you want to um, see thrive in, in Zaka and Pasternak. And then by doing that, you bump Van Riemsdyk down. Like, Van Riemsdyk's a solid player, but... It's almost like how we viewed, you know, some players in the past where it's like, all right, you could be a really good 3C or, okay, second-line player. I think Vin Reeves likes in that regard. And also, if you've got Zaka and Pasternak and you really want to play with play with pace, Vin Reeves is not really the, the guy that fits in there in that equation. So if you put him down with Geeky um, on that third line and get him going there, I think it just, you know, things start falling into place a lot uh, easier the way that thing pans out. So, it's going to fall on Frederick to play at a high level to continue to mesh and show that last year wasn't an aberration in terms of both his individual play and how he played with Coyle and why that match, you know, how that pairing just worked uh, last year. But that's what it, I think it's, you know, it's some of it, of course, is you want to see what a guy like Frederick has in a featured role. But I think it's so much more of how he complements the, the engine of that line and how much it should benefit the rest of the lineup in terms of moving Frederick up to the top, top line there. You, you also create depth. Like, you sort of create depth that wouldn't normally be there, right? Like, having a reliable score, you know, however you want to define score, 20 goals, let's say, somewhere around there, on that third line in James and Reeves, like, who's a veteran, who you can also put on the power play. So, like, just because he's not in the top six doesn't mean he can't be a net front on the power play. Um, and you have him next to Geeky, and that sort of will up Geeky's production. And, and, and so you have that. Like, again, you, we're trying to make something out of not a ton, but I do think that I am intrigued in that Frederick idea on the top line uh, or with Coyle and Marshand, however, whether that's the first line or the second line, uh, because as you said, if that Coyle line becomes sort of your, you know, they have more D zone starts and your Zaka line with, with DeBrusque and Pashnak has more ozone starts. I mean, we're simplifying it down. <laughs> we're, right. we're simplifying it down a lot, but like, you have the baseline of something there. Like that's not that that's still a playoff team. Um, and then, you know, if you want to do JVR geeky and Lauco or McLaughlin or Brown or whoever on that third line, and then your fourth line, you know, you figure that out. Like again, we're making it sound really easy, but I do think that, that there is something there um, with, with those guys. But to me, I, I feel like it comes down to uh, Van Riemsdyk. And Frederick is who you kind of put in that top six, at least to start. Um, even if Geeky is a great camp, I have a tough time believing he's going to immediately like, oh, jump right into the top six. Yeah. Feels like Feel that's like a guy a, who's going to play his way in. Late November, early December, if something is going wrong, that's when you make that kind of switch there. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about Farinacci. Uh, do you think there's any more roster moves in the pipeline? Currently sitting at 429,000 of cap space. You don't have a lot of leeway. Do you think anything else happens before the start of training camp? I don't really think so in terms of, you know, maybe another like younger, you know, collegiate signing or something like that. But in terms of like trades or anything like that, 
I think this market's kind of gridlocked right now anyway. Check in in January, February, March, obviously, when things should probably heat up uh, again. But I don't see any other Lindholm trade or anything else like that right now. I just think it's, again, the Bruins think we're trying to be very active this offseason, but you only do so much with the cap is right now. Like, it's no one's really making that many moves in that regard. So I think this is kind of a, a pretty solid framework of the roster you're going to see going to camp and see how it plays out. And we both said it's going to be intriguing, interesting, see how it all pans out. But time's now to see what kind of the rest of this roster's got. So we'll see. Yeah, that's really all we can do at this point. Uh, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, we're going to be covered uh, throughout these final weeks of the uh, offseason for the Bruins. Start looking at, obviously, the lineup projections. We look at uh, younger players and how they can make a, a, a spot on the team going into training camp. Uh, we'll have stuff covered throughout. Beyond hockey, we've got Patriots, um, preseason, into regular season, all that good stuff over at Boston.com. So please follow us over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all of that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky, presented by FanDuel. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.